Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is sponsored by The Jordan Harbinger Show. Jordan dives into the minds of fascinating people, from athletes, authors, and scientists, to mobsters, spies, and hostage negotiators, all with the noble cause to make you a more informed, critical thinker to operate better in today's world. Jordan's also got a fun weekly segment, Feedback Friday, where he covers advice on everything from escaping a cult or psycho family situations to relationships and networking to even just asking for a raise. Point blank. Jordan Harbinger is smart, funny, and easy to listen to. You'll be pressed to find an episode without excellent conversation, a few laughs, and actionable advice that can directly improve your life. You can't go wrong with adding The Jordan Harbinger Show to your rotation. It's incredibly interesting. There's never a dull show. Search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never role-played before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukaki, your host. Butthole Allen and Mr. Mittens have snuck inside Catlandia and are planning to ambush the evil Grumpy Cat. But will our heroes survive this fateful ambush? Can Mr. Mittens successfully retake his rightful throne? Are Quiddian Rangers still on the damn airship? Find out next. On Dum Dums and Dragons. So your plan is to try and install Goblin Jr. as the Dog Prince, take over command of the Dog Legions, and then Ice Grumpy Cat. Is that what I'm... That's pretty much it, yeah. yeah. And the evil dogs. Not all dogs go to heaven. So basically, you're going to sneak into the palace. Is that correct? Yeah, that's yeah that seems yes. like a good game plan. As night falls, you keep track of the guard positioning and you start to infiltrate the palace. Because Catlandia has been abandoned for so long, it's kind of derelict now. You could tell it was once very fine. As you sneak through the main entrance, you can tell that there's not as much action happening here. The excavations seem to be in and around the palace, not so much in it. You kind of enter through the cat's mouth in uh, the giant cat head <laughs> and make your way down the long hallway. And on both sides, there are fine paintings of epic deeds done by cats past. You come to a junction. The hallway continues up a flight of stairs in front of you. And there are massive arched doorways to your left and right. Don't I know the palace inside out? Because, you know, I'm kind of the prince. <laughs> Can you roll me an inside check, please? Okay, that's fine. 19. So, you know, to the left is the Hall of Milks. And to the right is the Room of Sand. Ooh. I kneel down. 
and I do a snap prayer. We should go left. I also agree that we should go left because the Hall of Milks leads up to the king's bedroom-ish thing. But before we go turn left, I'd say, would you like to pet me? Good, sir. Do you want me to pet you? It's fine. I don't care. I'm good. I mean, cats like being pet. I feel like Alan started a good balance there. I'm a grown man. You're a 12-year-old cat boy. I don't know the optics on this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm gonna pet Goblin Jr. If he turns out to be a dog boy, I'm gonna be real bothered. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, snarf, snarf. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you can say it's okay. That doesn't mean it is. No, snarf. So I already start walking to the Hall of Milks. Yeah, I'm going to. Okay, you go to the Hall of Milks, and it's a large rectangular room. There's a central walkway that branches off. Mm -hmm. There's walkways along either side. And from the center of the ceiling, in between each of these sort of lattice walkways, are just these endless fountains of milk. My cat urges take over. Can you roll me a will save, please, to see if you can resist the need to drink the milk? 14. At the sight of this much clean, fresh milk, you're like, but you remember that you don't know what Grumpy Cat might have done to the milk. Good point. So at the last Mm. minute, you resist. I take out my beer stein, bang it on my hip, and then chug a beer. I'm going to examine the milk. Could I have some of the beer? No, you're 12. (laughs) I'm allowed to have beer. No, you're not. Yes, I am. That's what every 12-year-old says. (laughs) Can you roll me an investigation check, please, Laura? 20 total. The milk has definitely been poisoned. It's a bit off, as it were. You get the sense that this might be one of the many traps that have been laid to waylay other cat people. I look at the prince. Maybe you want to uh, dip your weapon in that milk, soak it up in that yarn, get a little wacky poisony. Screw it, why not? So you soak puppy pounder and the yarn gets thick. And puppy poker, too. Great. They both get slick with milk. Tom's expression. Everybody loves milk-soaked yarn. Let's go. (laughs) So we have someone who's soaked their yarn in bad milk. Someone who shit themselves. I'm covered in death. We are the best-smelling party in the history of the world. I forgot to mention that puppy poker, the whole thing's covered in yarn. I assumed so, I'll be honest. I also assumed that, yes. (laughs) Yeah. I think we, we saw the same reality in our heads. So you make your way past the various milk fountains. And at the very end, there's a massive cascading milk waterfall. And um, Mr. Mittens tells you that behind that is the secret entrance to the king's chambers. Can we walk around it or do we have to walk through? Oh, you do. Probably through. Can I have that body bag again for a second? Okay. And then I unzip the body bag and I do a Goblin Junior scarf. Scarf, scarf. Full, yeah, scarf, scarf. I love and hate that joke equally, <laughs> which is how I know it's a joke I would make from someone else. I, I fold the body bag in half to get as much like thickness as I can. Okay. I'm just going to run through using it like a newspaper in a storm where it's in a Effectual, but better than nothing. Can you roll me an insight check, please, as you do so? That would be nine. Oh, man, you get soaked with milk, but it doesn't smell off. Nice. And then I take Goblin Jr.'s bowl, and then I fill it with the milk, and then I drink the bowl. How do I feel? Does the body good. I fill up the bowl again, and I give it to Goblin Jr. And he's like, I guess. And then I bang the stein on my leg, and I offer that to Goblin Jr. He's like, all right. I pull up Billy Fingers. I'm like, can you drink? Billy Fingers gives you a thumbs down. (laughs) All right. Sorry, dude. He gives you a thumbs up. (laughs) He's never had a drink, so he doesn't know what it feels like anyway. I assume you two follow through the milk mm-hmm. waterfall? Oh, yeah. yes. You all make it through unscathed, but gently uncomfortable. All of you begin to make your way up the stairs into the palace floor. So basically, the king's chambers are up on the second floor. Mm-hmm. You know that the throne room at the north end, there's the king's bed chambers, there were your old bed chambers, and there were Grumpy Cat's old bed chambers. And cut back to the airship. Ranger and Quinny, what are you doing? I spy something that looks gray. My skin. Bingo. You just keep pointing out all the freakish things on my... something that smells like shit. My skin. Bingo. (laughs) 
Do I, I get a turn spy at- <laughs> something that looks like the back of a worn leather book? My skin? Bingo! Oh, Jesus, I didn't even know that. That's a fresh wound. Slipping. That one hurts. Ooh, it's like Necronomicon. What's, what's that? It's a book made of flesh, but the flesh is all rotten. Oh my God, it looks just like you. What is the Necronomicon? Like, it deals with necromancy? Yes. Can I see it? No. What? Why not? I just want to look at it. Because reasons. I don't like you. What part like of this deal either. makes me think that I, don't I would ever talk- lend you the Necronomicon? Because I just want to read something and not talk to you. Well, now that I know what you want, I'm going to deny it from you. All right. We'll just keep talking to each other then. Your favorite thing. Okay. I You look spy- like an idiot. What? You look like an idiot? Shut up. You look like what I think an idiot Shut- would hey, look like. you know what? Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. You're slapping him with the swinging hand. It's limply hitting his face. <laughs> That's right. Bucky. Bucky, help me. Look at this abuse. And Bucky... I didn't think this far ahead. I don't know what Bucky does. <laughs> Bucky looks up and has like a Vietnam flashback to the 25-minute yep, pat-down. That makes sense. And just kind of looks back to you and shrugs. I can't help you, Mr. Quinney. He's he's the boss of the ship. I spy with my little eye something that is blue. And it's Yevgenovich running by with his dick hanging out going, It's me! Can I get a turn, please? <laughs> this is the worst way to play this game. I... I what? Well, hey, are you, are talking, you talking over, over me? Are you talking, <laughs> are you talking when I'm talking? Is this? Uh, is this g- will you, you stop? stop it? I'm, I'm gonna. gonna Alan! I'm Ranger. I'm stupid. Hey, I didn't say that. All right, smash cut back. <laughs> <laughs> to the temple. You come out into a large square landing. Mr. Mittens, this is very familiar to you. This is your old home. Behind you is one of those classic secret door wall things where it's like... Mm. Directly in front of you, to your left, is the hallway that leads to the throne room. Okay. To your right are the main stairs leading down, which are flanked on one side by Mr. Mitten's old room and on the other side by Grumpy Cat's room. You can hear some commotion from the throne room, but uh, there's nothing in the immediate area. What do you do? I think our first priority is to find the dominatrix. I completely agree. <laughs> the domesticatrix. I've yes. been what very bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is it in the We've room? We've had that adventure before. <laughs> Wait, what? Um, it's, uh, it's... So you, you get the sense that Grumpy Cat will be using it because given the information you've got from Jemima, it seems that Grumpy Cat is committed to completing the Jellicle prophecy tonight. Oh, God. So it will likely be in the throne room. Is it a physical door to the throne room or is it stairs? I'm asking you, Mr. Mittens, but Tom might help you answer that question. Stairs up to a door. Stairs up to a door. I want to go peek at the door quietly. Is there a gap under the door? How big is the space around the door? There are uh, big, heavy double doors. They are slightly ajar. I look to Alan. Alan. Mm-hmm. And I make little walkie finger motions. I'm looking ahead and I'm wondering how Billy's going to report back. And then I give her the (laughs) finger and then make a circle with one hand and make a finger with the other and penetrate it. And I'm like, you know what those mean? No. (laughs) What do you think that means? I don't want to say it in front of Mr. Mittens. I learned it in fifth grade. Go ahead. One means... One means fuck you. Uh, And and the other one means doing it. (laughs) I don't think he learned it in fifth grade. I I think he lied. Oh, good. They taught those hand gestures here. It's very strange. Uh, It was actually taught by Larry the Goblin. (laughs) This explains a lot. I need to talk to Anna about the books she's approving because I don't think Larry's sex guide really needed to go out. Do we have a pen and paper? I mean, he would just write it. I mean, he's got fingers. That is smarter than anything I would have come up with. Excellent point. Billy keeps giving thumbs up and pointing at Mr. Mittens and giving thumbs up. All right, Billy. Okay, 
Does anybody have paper? I have so much paper. Yeah, we'll have them write Give in that me. magic book. Okay, who has a pencil or a pen? Hello? Everybody <laughs> should split up. Why don't we keep it together? Mm. We okay, could send ahead. Billy Fingers okay, to so go write that stuff down because it's going to take him time. And okay. we go scope the room. That's exactly what I was about to say. You two could go explore my room. I can go explore Grumpy Cat's room. I have some business to attend to. Mysterious. Listen, take a crap. I was going <laughs> to say we should Grumpy stay Cat's together. <laughs> But I'm going to go check his room. I, I'm going to let this play out. Alan, you send Billy Fingers in? Yeah. And Billy, be careful. So I head down to my brother's room and they head to my room. Mr. Mittens, you open the door into Grumpy Cat's old room and you're immediately hit by a, a sense of nostalgia. You remember this room. You remember what it used to be like back when he was Happy Cat. There's a scratching post that you okay. guys used to scratch together. Mm-hmm. He's got like a nice big cat bed that's just covered because, you know, Grumpy Cat's very fluffy. Mm-hmm. It used to be like a gray bed. Now it's just white from all of his excess fur. And you see that his uh, sort of reading desk has a bunch of books open on it. There seem to be diagrams. You can see the word Jellicle written over and over again. Okay. Are there any drawers or something? Yep. I look in all the drawers. You open the drawers and they mostly seem to just be like papers, pens, various useful things that I look. However, in the bottom drawer at the very back, you find the very first scarf that you ever knit that he promised he would always wear. It's just stuffed in the back. Old brother, I see that you have my scarf. I love you. Aww. And then I peel all over Aww. the room and... <laughs> <laughs> Smash cut back to uh, your room. You guys are wandering around Mr. Mitten's room. You know when Joaquin Phoenix goes ape shit on the Marcus Aurelius bust yes. in uh, Gladiator? Uh, yeah. That's what this room looks like. It's look, it looks like Kylo Ren threw a fit in here. Grumpy Cat's clearly torn the place up. I want to look for two things, stuff I always look for, and then something new. I want to see if Mr. Mittens has a hidden journal that I can read because I like reading people's journals. Mr. Mittens, did you keep a journal? Why not? Great. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Amazing. Amazing. I would also like to look for anything can- expensive because I feel like I need to steal something nice for Quinny. Oh, that's really thoughtful. Don't take anything without permission. I absolutely won't. And I close the door. <laughs> you find a pair of royal jeweled knitting needles. I'm going to pick those up and then I'm going to open up the journal and I'm just going to leaf through to like the middle point, and then I'm just going to start reading what it says. Dear Journal, today Happy Cat has been a little off. He's been saying this weird word, like it's freaking me out. So I'm going to keep my eye on him. I flip like three more pages, and then I read what's there. Dear Journal, Grumpy Cat is freaking insane. <laughs> <laughs> he has been tormenting the guards kind of meanly. He's being mean to our parents. And seems to be growing more distant. I flipped to the very last entry. Dear Diary, Grumpy Cat has gone insane. He is attacking every single person in the city. I am the only one left. It's just me and him. We, I have to escape. My parents have shown me the way out. I have escaped, and I'm heading to the port town. Then I flip back nice. through the journal, because all, all that stuff was really good and useful about Grumpy Cat. But I want to find that one entry that everybody has in their journal where it's like really embarrassing and really personal about themselves, like where they're not sure of something and it's like a secret. And then I flip okay. it through. So I find the most embarrassing personal entry and then I read it. <sighs> Dear journal, I feel horrible. I accidentally did a turd inside Grumpy Cat's room. I had to go, but I couldn't hold it. Oops. I like this guy. He poops himself. <laughs> I put the journal back. Alan, he's just like you. Yeah, I get it. We go out to the hallway. Did you like my journal? Honestly, yes. It, it, <laughs> Thank it, you. I feel like it really paid that I looked into it. So these knitting needles here. Yes. You said don't take anything without permission. I, I don't want to break those rules because I respect you. But simultaneously, my friend Quinny is a thief. So if I ask for something for him, it's not a gift he'd like. So what I'm going to do is steal these 
and put them in Goblin Jr.'s backpack. And I put them so they're clearly poking all the way out of the backpack. A lot of people don't like to get stolen from. So, you know, if you don't want them to get stolen, you got to steal them yourself. Okay. Otherwise, I'm going to steal. And I do air quotes that are actually because I don't understand writing me doing the outline of a dick in the air. (laughs) Steal them. And that's how this is going to go. Okay. And then I go back to the hallway to meet Billy Fingers and leave Alan and Mr. Mittens alone. Okay. So I am still in my room. I take a turd. I fart. I light a match. And I exit the room. (laughs) The room is now on fire. It's really weird that he did that in front of Alan. (laughs) (laughs) No, I thought the door was closed. No, we we opened the door and and I said, I left you with Alan. (laughs) Shit. Oh, God. I mean, to be fire. fair, you did just confirm the journal. I think <laughs> Alan just closes the door <laughs> behind you. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective minds. But now we are selling some sick mugs. And it is so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. It'll help you turn browsers into buyers because it has the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, which means curious people are more likely to buy from you. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. One of the big problems Shopify solved for us was international shipping. Our shipping prices, if people were outside of the U.S., were through the roof. But the moment we switched over to Shopify, we were able to choose where our orders were being fulfilled from in different places, which meant shipping could be cheap for all of our fans everywhere around the globe. So if you were even thinking about opening a store, sign up now for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B-S. If you open a store with Shopify, you're going to be hearing that sound a lot. Thanks for supporting the Fable and Folly Network. Here's another show we know you'll love. Every day in the nice little Canadian town of Beaver Mount, Ontario, is pretty much the same. Folks are polite. There's a hockey game that evening. And someone gets brutally murdered. Sorry About the Murder, a very Canadian murder mystery podcast. New episodes weekly. Listen to season one now by typing Sorry About the Murder into your favorite podcast app. Ah, but look! Ah, another would-be hero, is it? Yes, it is I, Fiddlesworth the butler from Dum Dums and Dragons, and I can see from your general look that you want to bring more stories into the world and help the Dum Dums on their various quests. Well, I advise against joining the Patreon, then, for if you do, you will be assisting the Dum Dums in all of their endeavors, all of their various shows and stories and jokes and doing good deeds, and you know I simply cannot abide those. Of course, if you did feel like wasting your time, you could go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You could join for as little as a dollar, which would gain you access to a Discord where you can talk to other would-be heroes. You can even create characters who will run around in our world at the higher levels, but of course you don't want to do that, now do you? No, you're just content to listen to a butler tell you how it is. Well, I'll see you on your way. Hail Blighthammer.
Meanwhile, um, Billy Fingers is currently doing a perfect chiaroscuro shaded <laughs> picture of the interior of the room. He's really talented, or at least someone was, someone who died. He, uh, he sketches out a perfect diagram of the room. So basically, it's a massive chamber held up by uh, four central pillars. In the dead center, they seem to have hacked and carved out a basin, and they seem to have jammed artifacts at four points around the central basin. And in the middle is a staff of some sort that is projecting light into to two large windows at the edge of the room. There's a central throne, and there seem to be three people inside the room. Is the domesticatrix in the room? I'm assuming that's the staff. Is that the staff? Billy Fingers probably doesn't know what it is because he knows exactly what we know. Yeah. Realistically, we grab the staff, we run away, right? Like that that's works for us? That's pretty much it, yeah. Alan, could you just misty step, grab staff, misty step back, we run away? I could try. Perfect. We should get yeah. a distraction first so they don't notice Yeah. Her. Could we, like, set a room on fire somewhere so that smoke would... I already did that. Don't worry. Way ahead of you. Not me. Mittens. This this (laughs) 12-year-old is either a genius or an idiot. Just going to throw this out there. Wetting himself. Poop. Setting things on fire. Okay with killing animals. Oh, (laughs) homicidal triad. That's true. He'll probably get caught by DNA evidence 30 (laughs) years later after he's safe. I mean, I may not be a mass murderer, but, I mean, I don't like my brother Yeah, you're no Alan. Is there a way to lock the door? Not from the outside. Hmm. Is there smoke detectors? No. Dang it. Oh, oh, I've got this, guys. Okay. Very rarely do I have something this cool. I have a new spell from our hell journey. Uh, okay, go that's ahead. That's called Guardian of Moonhammer. <clears throat> I cast a large spectral guardian that appears and hovers for the duration of eight hours in an unoccupied spot in range and sight. Any hostile creature that approaches within 10 feet for the first time on a turn must make a deck saving throw. They take 20 radiant damage if failed, 10 if successful. The guardian vanishes after dealing 60 damage. So you go in and out. I'll drop a guardian on the stairs. We run. They get hit by the guardian. And then maybe they go to the smoke or whatever. If the guardian kills everyone, wouldn't he kill the dog king too? No, we've got the prince right here. And I point at Goblin Jr. He'd be the king if that guy died. Yeah. That'd make this all legal. He could pardon us. That's what you do. You're a crappy person and you take out the leader and you put yourself in charge and then you pardon all of your friends. (laughs) That's what that troll did in that village we mentioned a while ago. What? (laughs) You never mentioned any village. Yeah, we did. It was the, the troll who yeah, took the over a village. Troll. Yeah. yeah, and his goblin assistant, the mooch. <laughs> never heard of that. Yeah, well, I wish that was true of me, too. <laughs> was it a traveling role play? They mentioned in traveling role plays. It got covered on the radio. The Gnome Union was really on board. But uh, no, they sent out their spokesperson, the world's worst bard, Sean Spicer. Oh, God. <laughs> yes, my charisma. charisma. <laughs> <laughs> It's back. All right, great. You're going to summon Spectral Guardian. You're going to teleport in and out, grab the staff, and then you guys are going to run like hell. That's the plan? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cut back to the airship. Ranger and Quinny, what are you doing? Uh, we're doing some impromptu karaoke. Quinny, you've been kind of watching Ranger give orders, but they all seem kind of strange, mm-hmm. and you're seeing like a small structure get slowly set up in the corner, and then much to your horror, someone brings out a thaumaturgical mic and plugs it in, and it's like, oh, okay, Mr. Ranger, and uh, we've queued up your song. Her name is Noel. What is this? Yeah, she rings a bell what are you for doing? me and her boyfriend kicks. Stop it. My what? ass if he knew about he what lives you? on my block. I'm not and drives an I rock. <laughs> and he does th- This know is an empty room. I am. Is this just all for you? <laughs> and she doesn't give a damn. What are you doing? Stop. Can you hear me? Oh, God, that's awful. What the hell is that? Stop. Someone stop him. Where did everyone go? Fuck you. Fuck you. Where are you? Maybe we 
Is that it? Is that the end of the song? That's it. Where is that sound coming Bucky from? Bucky jumps in on the end. <laughs> Teenage Dirt Bag. And Bucky is just applauding Bucky thunderously. Is enthusiastically clapping. Ten more times! What? what? Why? He lives on Stop. my block. <laughs> And drives do something. And she doesn't know who I <laughs> am. Quinny tries to bite his own tongue and just <laughs> and draw it on his own blood. And she doesn't give a doesn't damn about me. Take Stop. it. And cut back to um, our heroes. Alan, you make your way up to the door. You can kind of peek through. You I, can I just see. need to peek through a little bit just so I can see where I'm going. Yep. And you teleport? I'm going to use benign transposition. So I disappear in a swirl and appear at the staff. I'm going to try to grab it. You appear in this large room. You can see that the two circular areas that it's projecting into are the reflectors of the cat's eyes on mm, the outside of the thing. Okay. On the throne, you can see a cat who looks very grumpy, <laughs> very <laughs> grumpy indeed. And there's a dog who looks kind of like a jackal, like sort of an Anubis type, standing with him, arms crossed, and they all look shocked to see you. You grab the staff, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, it's almost as though you're drifting. Time seems to slow for you, and you just start drifting upward. In the back of your head, you hear the voice, Oh, shit. I fell for this once, too. Watch out. And you see a very elegant cat come out, and it's a full Mr. Bigglesworth cat, wrinkly yeah. and bald. Oh, another mage. Hmm? You thought you could mess with Mr. Mistopheles? <laughs> and he throws a fireball at you. Roll for initiative. Oh, three. I ain't doing shit. Nat one. I poop myself. I can't even cast shield right now. Eleven. I look at the fireball going towards Alan. I look at my gloves and I go, selfish. (laughs) (laughs) Alan, can you roll a save against DC 14? 14. Nice. You're drifting upward. You can almost hear uh, the voice in the back of your head wince. You're hit for 32 points of fire damage. 32. Suddenly, time speeds back up for you, and you're flung across the room, and the fireball slams you up against one of the walls. Oh, that sucks. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I've been doing to people. No wonder no one comes to my birthday party. (laughs) Looking through the door, the reason I'm going to be so late to this combat is I'm thinking, what would Quinny do? And then I just say, wizard fight, wizard fight, wizard fight. Smash cut to got any aces. I'm not really, like, paying attention. We're just kind of humming, like, Wizard fight. Wizard fight. Huh? What? Got any aces? Oh, uh, go fish. Ah, fuck. Cut back to next up. Freitas pulls out a staff with scythe blades on either side. So flips it around his head. He rushes the doors. He was kind of at the throne, so the room's about 60 feet across. Wow. So he's just halfway there. Brings us to Grumpy Cat. Grumpy Cat steps off the throne. Pops his claws. You will not stop me, brother. He's a low-key kind of guy. Yeah, he sounds vaguely like I Aubrey just Plaza. The yes. How did you even know I'm here? Only you would be so bold. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even make this plan. He walks over to the staff and grabs it with both hands. I must speed up the ritual. Uh, I've crap. never been this concerned before. This is the most stressful day of my life. Alan, as you pat the flames of your clothes, you can mm-hmm. see the domesticatrix start to pulse and glow faster, and uh, you can see the two mirrored eyes light up. Brings us to Mr. Mittens. You're still currently outside the doors. You hear a tremendous explosion from inside and some taunting from your brother. What do you do? I step in the door and say, hi, how are you? I'm going to kill you now. I get out my javelin, mm-hmm. and I aim it for his head, Grumpy Cat's head. Roll your attack. 13. Javelin flies through the air. Unfortunately, now that it's waterlogged in milk, it starts to waver Dang and it. Uh, it sloppily hits the ground near him. He's like, uh, 
A milk javelin. Classic. <laughs> Which brings us to Alan. Well, two can play the fireball game, you jackass. And I just immediately brace myself against the wall and just hurl the most focused fireball I can. At Grumpy Cat or at Mr. Mistopheles? Um, is he controlling the staff? Grumpy Cat is controlling the staff in the oh, center. That makes sense. Mr. That's Mr. What I want to stop. Is okay, that makes sense. Yep. You unleash a fireball and all of a sudden you see Mr. Mistopheles float off the ground and you can feel his mind start to fight your mind as he reacts with a counter. Spell. Oh no. So, what level is your fireball? Three. He just beats it. He just uses his paw and then he bats the fireball back and forth a bit, then punches it up into the ceiling and says, Morale, motherfucker. And I say, Hey, he's 12. I'm a cat. <laughs> Alan, you still have a move. I want to duck out of the way and roll behind one of the pillars. Just totally. get to between me and whatever Absolutely. his name is. Mr. Mistopheles. Mr. Mistopheles, thank you. So you duck behind a pillar. Butthole, your turn. How far away am I from Alan? You are at the entranceway to the room. Alan is about 30 feet from you. I'm going to run in a straight line because I feel guilty that this was my plan and it didn't pay out like it was supposed to because I forgot to pray. That's the problem. Moonhammer would have guided me through this. So I'm running into the room and I, I point at Mr. Mephistopheles and I go, Alan is my you dick. And then I summon the Moonhammer arm to come down and punch that dude in the face. Well, he's fresh out of reaction. So swing that hit. 12. 12 will hit. Yes. 18 damage. A sound hit. The fist of Moonhammer, because Moonhammer's got less of a sense of humor now, as we've learned, but is still ultra-violent in a dirty fighting way, actually pops out of the floor and just hammers him right in the crotch. Good thing I've been spayed or neutered. Well, then it punches him in the dick, but not the balls. There you go. All right, fine. <laughs> Bob Barker is very happy somewhere. The famous mage. And okay. then, because that's just a bonus action. Mm -hmm. I love that spell. So I'm going to look Freitas dead in the face, and I'm going to say, eat son. And then I kneel, and Goblin Jr. does the dog's purpose off my back awesome. and Yay. tackles his dad. No. So, so he collides with his dad, and then it's almost slow-mo. Goblin Jr. looks over his shoulder, and I look down at him, and I go, with my eyes, we know each other so well, I just do that look where I'm like, kill dad? And he goes, snarf, 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 long live the king. And he points at himself. Oh, <laughs> got Perfect. it. And then I bring Moonlight Bringer around. And I'm going torso. I feel like body shots. You know, they didn't work on the T-Rex, but it's time, you know, just to balance out the earlier mistakes. 17 to hit. That'll hit. And I'm going to use one of my hammer hands. So I bring the hammer down and then channeling the energy through my shield. I'm going to bring that down for a hit as well. Word. And that I'm going to use one of my hell farts. So I, because the score was and that's terribly good. So I, I do the same thing where it's like this time it, it's a little different, but it's still there. I like hit him with one and I bring it back up. And it's a weird thing in that when I'm bringing my fist up, you can actually hear a reverse fart. I'm inhaling with my butt. And then I let it out as I go, and it swirls up and over and powers the hit down. So I hit with a 24. Yeah, that hits. 14 damage. And then the second hit, because it's magically empowered, 13 damage. So 27 total. He takes the hits like a proper fighter. So, like, you know, he's like, you're knocking his head back and forth. And each time he's doing like a... He comes back up snarling, but uh, more bashed up than he was. Bring us to the top of the round. Mr. Mistopheles, sensing the danger to himself and others, he's going to look down at his creepy, wrinkly, bald cat arm. And he's going to look at that tattoo that's written there that says, have you cast mage armor today? 
<laughs> and he's going to cast mage armor on himself. That's my thing. So he does that, and then he's going to hang out where he is. So he's just to the left of the central area. And then as his bonus action, he's going to chug a healing potion of catnip. All right, Freitas. So Freitas has just been smacked around by a butthole. So he spins the staff above his head, and he comes at you with four quick slashes. Only one will hit. So that is 17 points of damage. So he slashes across you with his blades. That brings us to Grumpy Cat. Grumpy Cat is going to try and roll a save to see if he can maintain his control of the Domesticatrix. He can. Mr. Mittens, all of a sudden you feel your body start to shrink a little bit. You feel your limbs start to pull in. Ah, hell! And, you know, just suddenly you're you're just more interested in nice warm spots to sleep on. So can you please roll me a constitution save, please? Oh, that's good, because I'm really good with constitution. I got a 15. You feel your body start to compact, almost like you're shrinking, and then you just kind of tense as hard as you can, and you manage to kind of stave it off for now, but you get the sense that each round, Grumpy Cat continues to wield the staff. Things might get worse. Brings us to Mr. Mittens. Nice. You're in the doorframe. Directly ahead of you, Butthole is fighting Freitas at close range. Alan is up to your right, hiding behind a pillar. Mr. Mistopheles is up to your left. I'm going to rush up to Grumpy Cat. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hit him once. And I'm going to attempt to throw the domesticatrix out of his hands. You know, like a side strike in his arm. 22. And for my second strike, I'm going to do a 13. The 22 will hit. Okay, so just the 22. Got it. 17 damage on him. Did I knock the thing out of his hands? No, he manages to, you to hang on. But I will give you an additional D4 damage because he doesn't roll out of the way when he gets hit. Three damage, so Three that's 20 damage. damage exactly. He looks so grumpy. That brings us to Alan. I am going to try out this new spell that I learned. Just with all of the death and the undeath around, I've been inspired to cast Blight on Mr. Mistopheles. Please tell us what Blight Blight causes a necromantic energy to wash over the creature. It has to make a constitution saving throw. It's going to do damage whether or not it succeeds. Okay, he fails. Excellent. Can I have some D8s, please? Yes, you may. You know, like eight of them. He takes 35 damage, necrotic damage. So Mr. Mistopheles, he's got his mage armor up and, you know, he's floating there. He remembered to cast mage armor today. He's pretty happy about that. (laughs) And then all of a sudden he feels cold. He feels cold in a way he hasn't felt since when he was a painter, which was his first life. Or in his second life, when he was a baker, he really enjoyed that one. In fact, he's had nine lives, but this is his last one. And he feels the, the cold embrace of death surrounding him. He doesn't understand... And suddenly, as he catches your eye, he goes, my God, and just turns to ash. His skull falls out. He had exactly 35 life remaining. <laughs> oh, my God, he did. And as he goes, <laughs> um, awesome. Alan, you feel a pulse through you. And as you look down, the stain from your hand mm-hmm. starts to expand slightly up your arm. However, you feel great. I And mentally... you see his shade, rather than go down or up, you actually see it get pulled through and out past the back of the throne room. Uh, as though it's being drawn to the well of souls. Oh, shit. He permitted. And I I just say, oh, shit, and then I mentally fist bump the voice in my head. That was well done. We're a good team. Yeah, it was. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye, Mr. Bigglesworth. Brings us to Butthole. You're still fighting the doggo. Knowing that we got this guy zapping us with powers that I don't particularly care for, you know what they say? Deal with your problems, and Moonhammer will handle the rest. And by they, I mean me, because it's pretty much just just me who makes up psalms of Moonhammer. So her arm is going to pop out of the ground again and try to hit Grumpy Cat. 
Nat 20. Yeah, that'll hit. 26 damage. You smack Grumpy Cat around. He is a bad kitty. He's punched repeatedly, smacked around. He's down on one knee going, and he looks pissed. Great. I'm going to leave him to Prince. Thank you. Homicidal triad. Thank you. I'm going to make... It's Prince Mittens. I meant to think that, but I said it out loud, and that's my own fault, Prince. It's Very fine. sorry. I'm it's saying fine. as I'm swinging my hammer down at Freitas. Yep, go ahead. Because he isn't talking, and that's weird, because I know Goblin Jr., and Goblin Jr. is a chatty little asshole, and I love that about him, which makes me think there might be something a little wonky here. Also, murdering your friend's dad it feels like yeah. if they're going to do it, it should be them. It shouldn't be you. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I'm going to try to not kill him, but I can't tell how tough he is, so I'm just going to keep hammering the hell out of him. Drew me an inside check. 21 total. This guy looks nothing like Goblin Jr. In my head, I go, oh, Goblin Jr., you just want to be the king. <laughs> Scarf. Well, let's see how this plays out. Uh, and then I just bring the hammer down. <laughs> on, your attack. Keep in mind, you've got advantage because you set Goblin Jr. on him with a... Oh, yes. 18 to hit? Yep, that hits. Again, using my hammer hands. Bring it down, and then it's just up and down again. It's always that final scene from Return of the Jedi, just where, <laughs> just where Luke's wailing overhand. on Darth. Yeah. Yep. It's that, only this time it's like Darth Maul. So, I mean, I'm going to hit him, but my dream would be if he's trying to defend himself and it just hammers through the middle of his thing and then and then hits him oh, in the head. Oh, that would be sick. So we get second attack, 26. Yep, that hits. The first one, again, is going to have my fart of fury. Yep. Uh, at this point, or the earlier fart is still in the air around me, so my movements are almost slightly blurred. Like, you know, in the action movies yeah, when they move too fast for camera? Yeah, yeah. So the second one comes out and it's just like a rocket-propelled hit. <laughs> So the first one does 13 damage, mm-hmm. and the second one does 11, so 24 damage total. So the first one comes through, and you crack through the staff. You plant the hammer in his face, and then you reach up and grab the two halves of his staff and jam them down through either side of his throat, and he falls to his knees and collapses. Great. Who was that? Do you know who that was? A dead guy. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, so many dead people. All right, Mr. Mittens, you're up. I'm going to rush up to Grumpy Cat. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Hairball. And I shove it down his throat. <laughs> <laughs> See how you like this, bro? <coughs> so then I get my flail, mm-hmm. and I do an overhead strike. All right. Because that always gives me a 26. <laughs> but not this day. <laughs> yeah. You get two attacks, bud. Oh, yeah, that's right. 19. Was it a nat 19? It would count as a critical because you critical on 19 or 20. Oh, yeah. So roll that damage, oh, sir. Oh, nice. 17 plus 5, which becomes 22. And mm-hmm. then 19 plus 5 is 24. So that's 46 damage total. I think that might be a record for a physical oh, combat so, strike um, in round. I'm going to give you a free point of stress that you didn't know you had. And earlier, when no one was looking, you just took some gunpowder and just quietly licked it off your wrist. So when you coughed up that hairball, it was primed and ready it to go. It was explosive? So you swing that ball down, you hit Grumpy Cat's head, and it explodes. And then you turn and walk away like a cool guy. Suddenly with a pulse wave, the domesticatrix falls silent. So you have a choice ahead of you, Mr. Mittens. It would seem that the Jellicle prophecy is almost complete. Uh, You can use the staff to ascend into a higher realm, or you can use it to go save your fellow cats. What will you do? Actually, that's pretty easy. I'm going to save my fellow cats. I don't care about a higher realm. Nice. They slam the thing on the ground like... 
cats to me. So you hear a chorus of like, meow, 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 meow. You get the sense that there are some cats here, but other cats have been shipped around the globe, and it will be up to you to go find them and return them to their former glory. That makes sense. Um, Butthole and Alan, beyond the throne room, you can see sort of a stairwell leading down, and the back of the palace is gone, leading to what seems to be the excavation of the entrance to an old tomb. Ah. So, you know, the well of souls lies beyond, and now perhaps it is time to bid goodbye to your friend as he goes in search of his fellow cats. Uh, yeah, before you go, can you put out the fire that I put in my brother's room? Oh, and one more thing. I really appreciate you guys' offer and helping me. Would you please bring Sir Goblin Jr. up here? Sir Jr.? Goblin Jr. walks up. He bows. I bow to him. Sir Jr. of Goblin? Yeah, it checks out. I get the staff and pretend like I knight him. You place the crystal against Goblin Jr. and he floats up. It's kind of like Shrek when she like turns into... Oh, yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, that makes so sense. floats up and like spins around and there's magic and then he floats back down to the ground and he's still Goblin Jr. and he's just like, snarf, snarf! Damn it. Because uh, he was only ever a wolf. It's but he, uh, he nods to you and he goes up, licks your boot happily and then like goes back to everyone else. Just kind of nods at both of you like, I had an adventure today. I go over to Freitas' corpse and and I take off his crown and I go and I put it on Goblin Jr. and hammer it into his helmet so it'll stay. And I go, you'll always be the king of wolves to me. Snarf, 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 which translates to king of spiders, thank you. And he points to the fact that his crown oh, yeah, is a crown around a spider. You'll always be my king. And I just kneel to Goblin Jr. Snarf, 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 snarf. Translation, you bow to no wolf. He would never say it to Quinny, though. <laughs> I bid you well, fair adventures. Do you want to make them honorary knights of Catlandia? Yeah. I'm going to take a knee. As do uh, I. Since I'm a king now, how much gold do I have? A lot that won't be important to this session. <laughs> okay, you both get 1,000 gold. Yeah, all right. That's fair. Yay! Yay! I'm not poor anymore. Uh, and then I reach out to Alan and I say, are you ready to be knighted? Yes. And then I cast Cure Wounds on Alan <laughs> at level four. Thanks, I heard buddy. that you people had a friend. Here's a thousand more for him, too. Oh, thank tell you. Him. Goblin Jr.'s like, Snarf. I'll tell him I stole it for him. King Mittens, you set out on your journey to go and rescue your kin. And the two of you venture forth into the Well of Souls to find an appropriate place to summon Quinny and continue the rest of your adventure. And I lean over to Alan and I say, he paid us. And we didn't even put out that fire. Smash cut to <laughs> Quinny. Suddenly, the teleport circle starts to glow. And you can tell that on the other end, Alan and Butthole must have found the entrance to the tomb that holds the Well of Souls because they've clearly activated the teleport circle on their end. Ranger, it's come time to send Quinny on his way. Very well. Taking out the key. You had the key the whole time? Of course I did. I wouldn't shackle myself to a turd like you if I didn't have a key to let myself go. Do I look like an idiot? Do I? I told you earlier, yes. I fucking hate you. I hate you too, Ranger. But I have to say, these last few interminable hours, I've grown to... Don't. Love don't, you. Don't you... I don't un- want you to put Alan in any danger. Unlock the shackles. Unlock the shackles. And I want you to know that you have my heart, and though we have our differences... I leave you with this long, wet kiss. Stop. Don't. Don't. Preparing. Oh. Oh. Why are you doing that so close to my face? We're just like face to face. (laughs) There's no space between us. Yeah. Stop that. Stop it. Just. I put my hands on his head and I bring it down like and I kiss his forehead. Really tender. But I kiss him for a very long amount of time. It's just. You're dribbling. It's getting into my eye. Oh, you've got your mouth too wet. This is awful. Some of it dribbles into your beard. Well, I don't care about my beard. Let's... I start Frenching the forehead. Stop it. Mm-hmm. This is awful. Get it. 
Get away. This is the most painful audio experience I've ever had. (laughs) Sucking all the dribble back up. Okay, no, no. I wrap my lips around the top of his head like a snake is digesting a rat. (laughs) (laughs) Bucky is learning what love looks like. Mm. Oh, I lost the key. I attack you (laughs) in just a feral fury. You know what? I'm sorry. I had the key on me. (coughs) Oh, God. There was a lot of shit on you, wasn't there? (laughs) Tell you what. I I fucked up. I lost the key. I'm just going to cut off your arm, okay? Anything to get me away from you. All right. Bucky, can you pass me a spoon? Bucky comes with a straw. And he's watched basically this whole time the cruel nature of Ranger and, and how he mercilessly interrogated Bucky and, and how he, he treated his hero, Quinny. He thought back to the words of Butthole giving him the straw, giving him the duty of sucking the evil out. Bucky knows what he has to do. And he sticks the straw in Ranger's ass and just starts sucking. Oh! <laughs> As this happens, Quinny, you stumble back into the teleport circle. The spell goes off with your hands still shackled to Ranger mm-hmm. and cleaves it off neatly in two. And you find yourself staring down Butthole and Alan, handless. Bucky, Ranger, what's happened with you guys? Bucky's still sucking on that straw. Nothing's coming out because it's just pressed it up against like your pants. But like, I'm just taking this time. It's kind of like it's become comfortable. It's <laughs> like I'm at a hairdresser, so now I'm just having conversation like okay. with him. So, anyways, I decided at age eight I was not going to start learning the bassoon, and that's when I became an accordion guy. Anyways, at age nine, have you ever played pogs? No, Mister Ranger. I can't get anything to come out of this straw. Keep sucking. Anyways, I had a really cool smasher in Pogs. That's what you called the thing that hit the other. A slammer. I was going to say, I don't know anything about Pogs, but I'm pretty sure they were called slammers. Keep (laughs) sucking. Keep sucking. This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter. Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter. Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter. Our special guest. And our DM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra. And Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at delborovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser. And our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar. J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B D-U-M-B D-I-C-E. And tune in next week for more Dum Dums and Dragons. The Fable and Folly Network where fiction producers flourish. Welcome to Beyond the Dark. Sub-level 19 was nothing like the other floors at Machinko. There were no alabaster workbenches. No spotless white carpets. Here, it was dank, dark, and that noise. A humming, throbbing sound like a sickly heartbeat hiding behind the whir of a great machine. A large metal cage loomed out of the darkness, backlit by an iridescent blue monitor, on which a cursor blinked idly. 
A metal panel slid out of an aperture in the cage near the monitor, and suddenly the cursor came to life. It read, Insert hand here. Beyond the Dark, a sci-fi anthology by Mark R. Healy, creator of The Strata. Find it at beyondthedarkpodcast.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts.